Jim Jam back again for another episode of Jim Jam here. Today we got Stephen Webster. He, he is a director of photography, uh, most notable for his uh, work with Jelly Roll. He does all kinds of awesome stuff. Uh, great guy. It was fun to talk to. Um, looking forward to doing it again. Um, talked about his career. Uh, what what's going on in his life? Um, even got into some alien talk and possibly more. You just got to check it out. What's crazy is uh, this podcast is going to be in two separate. Uh, well, not separate, but two different. Uh, probably uh, what we're wearing because about an hour, about an hour and ten minutes in, or somewhere around there, my power went out, so we got cut off. By Mother Nature. So, um, the, I guess the second half of this will, um, the first half of this took place on Friday night. The second half is on Sunday. So, that's pretty, uh, pretty funny that we, we got to start talking about aliens and then everything shuts down. So, what's that tell you? Ooh. Aliens are real. But anyways, <laughs> hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, be sure to uh, uh, check out my past episodes. Uh, first one was with Greg Bennett. Second one, Jeff Wedding. Both uh, the, uh, from the production of Tennessee Gothic, which you see right there. So uh, enjoy. All right, what's going on, Stephen? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Doing real good. Uh, just working a lot and uh, working on a couple different things. It's uh, pretty exciting. Hell yeah. Yeah, I just want to note real quick, um, Marty, uh, well, I call her Brooke, but uh, does, does she go by Marty when you goes in school? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's the one that uh, uh, introduced us, and uh, I guess she, uh, she obviously saw all my posts when I post about Jelly Roll, and, uh, you know, that kind of brought us two together for this, and uh, but yeah, um, thank you for coming on, and uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing all your stuff. And what's crazy is, I've seen a, a lot of your work and didn't realize it was your work because <laughs> you know I've watched you know any new Jelly Roll video that come out, and you how many have you worked on with him so far? Uh, uh kind of honestly, I kind of lost count. We've been working. We were working on and off for, for nearly uh, seven years, I believe. Still. And then into 2019, we kind of started working full-time together. Wow. So pretty much any new – was you working with them around the time the Jingle Jared thing started? Uh, yeah, I worked with, I worked on a couple videos around that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I want to ask this real quick though. Uh, what would you say your job title is? Is it video? Is it videography? Um, my job title is a director of photography. Okay. So, so. I'm the guy behind the camera, um, making a lot of the lens decisions and and uh, uh, camera position decisions. I work heavily with the uh, the director and the producer and um, <clears throat> to be able to create the best. Uh, ending product of course they kind of direct everything and i just kind of help mold it and make it uh make it look and make it make sense all together i guess if that makes sense hell yeah 
Um, well, I, I talk. I know. Uh, well, I've been in a couple uh, or a movie, and uh, I listen to a podcast uh, called uh, the Movie Crypt Podcast, and they talk a lot about uh, filmmaking and stuff. So, I know the terminology pretty good. Which uh, also, I guess, in the industry, I call you a, a DP, right? DP, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well. Uh. I also, really quick, I want to say congratulations. Uh. You know, after getting out of school, you. How long after you got out of school did you uh, did you go right into working, full to like uh. Yeah. So uh, actually, while I was uh, going to NOSI, um, during our last few weeks, we did a bunch of exit interviews. Uh, just to get us ready to do like real interviews, and also some of those exit interviews were jobs that were hiring. And um, <clears throat> there was a uh, guy; his name was uh, Sean, and he worked for this company called High Five uh, Marketing. Okay. And they they hired me uh, full time on there uh, about three weeks before uh, we graduated. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. I yeah. worked there for, and I. I, I, I I wanted I wasn't shooting uh like music videos or anything like that and I kinda wanted to get more in that realm. So I ended up like leaving after that and did a lot of freelance and then I did some freelance while I was in school as well. Yeah. Um would you say I guess would it be uh, have you shot any movies or anything like that? Uh so I um I assisted and helped out uh this director named Charles Robinson. Um worked with him. We went to Milwaukee, I think that was in twenty 16 maybe um we went up there and we shot this movie called um too much sugar for a dime uh the milwaukee story mm-hmm. uh, and uh that movie's uh, that movie's been out for a while um uh, and then there's a movie uh there's another director here in town his name is uh Quanty cash oh and, yeah, uh, yeah i remember him from back in the day right there okay yeah so in 20 i think that's 2018 uh um dp'd a movie for him called gang gang and that should be coming out here soon too. I got I actually got his movie Loyalty and Respect. Oh, the first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I big but you know, Nashville rap was big for me. Especially when Young Buck and all them, you know, Young Buck got big and uh where he did, but uh I'm from West Nashville. I grew okay. up I grew up uh on Stevenson Street. Uh right oh. down right down from uh the nations. Yeah. Um, but I yeah I grew up there until I was probably twelve, and then we moved to Ashland City. So we lived on the outskirts for the longest. But I I stayed with my cousin on the weekends on uh, James Avenue. So uh, oh. I was always around that area on the weekends. So I remember Nashville when it was Nashville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like was, uh, uh, struggle those stomping grounds over there too, over in West Nashville. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh yeah he was big I guess he grew up over I don't know what street it was but uh, in the nations, but uh, I know my aunt knew him. He was a maintenance man at an apartment complex before he is what he is now. Of course he blew up and I'm I'm really proud to see what they've done too because man when because I list, I started listening to him and uh, struggle in 2006. Okay, I uh, I bought. The uh, Gambling on a White Boy Volume Two album from Jelly Roll in uh, in Cookville, Tennessee, at a at a show. It was at Cotton Eye Joe. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's where I met Jelly Roll, and uh, that's when he had the the uh, braids. That's when braids. both of them had the braids. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, I want to ask also, uh, what was some of your inspirations that led you down the career path that you know you're in now? Um, you know, I uh, I always wished that I could like really like paint or draw, and I never really had that skill set to be able to like kind of paint or draw things as I felt the like I wanted to. And so I picked up a camera, and I felt like a camera I could use as as my own paintbrush or my own pen, and I could use that to like really draw my scenes together. And that's kind of like my way of still being able to be creative visually without having to like you know have twenty years behind a a paintbrush like some some people can as um, that some people already have the skill set too. Also, um, I started out um, as a musician, and I always loved music. Um, yeah. And and when I came to Nashville, I just I, I really loved music. There were so many other people that were way more talented than me. So I I figure I could I could still work in the music industry, but I could pick up a camera and still be a part of that and be able to kind of help another artist uh, that uh, that I love get uh, further in their career. And that's kind of my inspiration I drew from that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's one thing about me too. I'm uh, I'm not artsy at all like i i got ideas but i don't know how to get them out so i guess i have a lot of people around me that know how to do that mm. so uh, i guess i'm an idea man <laughs> but um but everybody everything's gonna start with the idea so that's important but i actually you know uh, you saying that you you started within the music industry right is that what you say well, I kind of did too with uh, with what I'm doing with uh, like my Tennessee Horror News and uh, that promotion stuff. I started out with a a music part of it back when I actually met Marty. Which, by the way, she uh, she messaged and said, "Tell you what's up." <laughs> oh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, uh, that's how I'm, I actually met her on MySpace through uh, Epps Promotions. Is my it was my music uh, promotion thing I had going back in uh 06 and 07 okay but uh yeah back in the myspace days back in the days, <laughs> when man. when when all the teenagers knew how to code yeah yeah <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure you had one of them profiles where you had the the music playlist and oh yeah. i went through all those profiles where you, you you load up my my profile and it might take two minutes to load the whole thing <laughs> got moving backgrounds and all that. <laughs> oh yeah, man, that that's, was was crazy. All the kids back then knew how to code and everything because all you had to do is go put all that code in there and then yeah, man, MySpace, yeah. boy, that was oh, that was the days before oh, good old Facebook. Ugh. Anyways, <laughs> um, so uh, how did you get involved with working with Jelly Roll? Um, such an interesting story. Uh, man, so. I I picked up, uh, after I picked up my camera, I uh, shot a couple videos or whatnot. I shot a video with this uh, one artist, um, uh, and I met him on Twitter. And um, that artist, he asked me if I wanted to shoot a music video with an artist named uh, Bubba Sparks. Oh, yeah, no Bubba. Well, I don't I know him personally, but... I ended up shooting that video with Bubba Sparks, and he was working with this group called... Uh, um, called I Four and I, and uh, they're out of uh, East Nashville. Oh yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, a manager there, uh, he was acting, I guess, as the role of the manager, but he's also the artist in the group, David Ray. Uh, oh yeah, oh David Ray, man. Whew. 
original original CWB right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, he, uh, uh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to name some more of them, but uh, yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I met uh, David Ray. He uh, linked me in um, uh, with uh, Jelly Roll um, after me and him had shot a video, and he really liked my style. And um, yeah, been working with uh, David Ray for a very long time. Uh, and he's. He's been uh, just linking me in with a couple other people that he works with as well. So, uh, truly through David Ray, uh, we link, link, he linked me in with uh, a video that Jelly Roll had with uh, CWB. And then uh, after that, Jelly, uh, me and Jelly kind of jailed real well. And uh, he started he hit me up for a couple of videos. And then other artists that seen that I had worked with Jelly Roll that had a feature with him, that hit me up uh, to shoot their videos uh, with Jelly as well. And we just kind of started a pattern. We just like working, and um, yeah, that's just kind of how it started. We just just uh, we gelled together. It was it was an instant gel. It was really cool. That's uh, what one also going back to David Ray real quick. I wish I you know he would do more music, but I think he he stays more in the background nowadays, don't he? Like, yeah. So he uh, he kind of uh, laid down on the on the um, him being an artist wise. But he does a lot of producing, a lot of production. And he, he still writes a lot of music as well. He's a super talented writer. So uh, a lot of the people that you see around him, he's probably did some sort of writing for them or either produced a track for them. Yeah, I remember seeing a video. I don't know what song it was, but Jelly and him was in the studio. And they uh, and uh, they were, I guess, writing. I wish I'd remember what song it was. But uh, I know, did he help a lot with the Save Me song? Yeah, that a, yeah. That, God, so, uh, that's... Yeah, Jelly Roll and Ray, they, they stuck their heads together and came up with a hit on that one. Knocked oh, it out my of God. Was you there for, uh, in Georgia? Yeah, I was filming. I, oh, my God. Man, I, I want to see that whole video. The whole video, because I got chills watching the whole... You know, he tried to sing, and that crowd was out singing him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just... And, um... Yeah, it was about 7,000 people ended up being there in total. And uh, when I was filming, man, I, I could only see probably the first, like, four rows from where I was standing on the ground. But all those people, there's a lot of people in the crowd crying and singing that song, screaming it back at them. <laughs> that's always one thing. Anytime I watch something that's something like that, you know, like I, I see the, um, there was a, doc, uh, not a documentary, there was a, a memorial for uh Chester Bennington when uh, after he passed away um, mm-hmm. and uh, the crowd at the, I think it was at the Hollywood Bowl the crowd was singing his part Whew, talk about a tearjerker man yeah man yeah, it's, like a, it's, it's like a huge choir <laughs> but uh, that's something that I always I love watching those uh, videos of the crowd singing to him Man, I could not imagine being the artist and hearing them sing your song like that. That has to be, like, I'm getting kind of emotional talking about it. <laughs> but uh, but I say that them doing that is definitely addictive, you know, doing live shows and stuff because, uh, God, I'm so glad it's back. Huh. Oh. It's too damn long. But, uh, like, I can't, I've been telling my daughter, because I'm actually taking my daughter. Like, she is a huge Jelly Roll fan. I actually got her into Jelly Roll. You know, after, you know, more when he got into the singing stuff, because she don't really, li- she never really listened to him when she was younger, too, but she's thir- almost 13 now. But, um, 
But yeah, so it's going to be a father-daughter kind of date for to the Jelly Roll show. It's going to be awesome, man. She's going to love that. She's going to remember that forever. Oh, yeah, and uh, she's also a big uh, Savannah Dexter fan, too. So uh, Okay. And I'm not, speaking of that, you know, I want to ask you about that. I saw that you worked with her on her new video, right? Yeah, so um, the yeah, her and her team, they came up from Florida. And um, Jelly Roll's wife, Bunny, um, she was directing on that video. Yeah. And uh, there's a cinematographer. His name is Ghost. He's from Orlando. And he's actually her cinematographer. So he shot a, a good bit of it. And then um, he uh, passed over to me. And we, we kind of just collaborated. And we shot. We kind of both shot her uh, her project together. It was it was a fun experience. I think that comes out next week, isn't it? That video? Yeah, uh, June 2nd. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I want to, you know, also, you know, while I'm on it, uh, Bravo, man, he's, he's killing it too. He, oh, you know, yeah. he, did he, did he discover her or whatever? Did he find her? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think he discovered her. Mm-hmm. So and is he, he like, was that like he, a manager? So is, is he like the manager or right. just, okay. Okay. But, uh, I was going through, you know, after, uh, Marty linked us up. I was going through your Instagram, and uh, like I said, man, you definitely got some impressive work on uh, on your, uh, I guess you say your resume or whatever. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, um, you know, now that I'm thinking back, you know, all the videos I've seen, that if you've been working with Jelly Roll that long, then yeah, I've pretty much any video I've seen uh, seen of his, you've been killing it, man. I know that. Uh, what's that one uh, where uh, Promise is that the song? Promise, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching him on uh, Instagram, his story, and he was like, the last minute the decision to go film this real quick. So, was he just like, called you up and was like, hey, uh, we're going to shoot a video real quick. Oh, yeah. We planned it out in 45 minutes. And then, wow. We, and then we're out there at David Ray's property shooting that video. We just, we went to, uh, we actually went to like a recycling company here in Nashville and got all those TVs. That's what and I was going to ask you. I was like, where'd you get all them old TVs at? Just, <laughs> went to the recycling center and we were like begged them to have them and they just let us have them and, and we stacked them up like that and yeah it was, and then it was the video <laughs> yeah that's uh that's pretty that's awesome right there that's another one you know that uh it's a, a really good song all his songs but um let's see um so what would you say in the uh in the what is the day of the life of uh steven what is that like um, day in life, uh, wake up, uh, get some breakfast, uh, head over to, um, the gym usually in the morning. Um, and then, uh, while I'm at the gym, I might get a few texts from the, uh, from the squad, from the, uh, the video team here at the office. And we'll probably talk about what, what's going on for the day or what we need to uh, accomplish for the day. And then, you know, I come to work and, from there, I'm kind of sitting behind the computer editing for a while, unless we have a, a video shoot. Um, and then, if we maybe a team, we might get into a meeting or something like that. But that's pretty much the day. Uh, if we have a video shoot, the whole day is way different. It's uh, show up to show up really early, and then um, get all the gear packed in the van and uh, head out to the shoot. And then we go have fun, get to create. Those are the fun days. Okay. I like too because you can kind of uh you can kind of sit and you know mold a project together but it's always fun having that camera in your hand oh yeah another thing um i noticed that you shot was did you shoot the video for opener up yeah i shot that video too yeah 
Hey, that dude, he is, uh, oh man, he is hysterical. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, he's funny. So, how was it working on that set? I bet that was just nuts. Oh, nuts, man. I, he kept me laughing. I was my, laughing to my side turn, and Jelly's a funny guy, too. So, both of those guys going together, man, will just crack you up. And then, of course, Andrew had his whole team, you know, Akash and all them guys. Yeah. Those, man, every single yeah. one of them. Yeah, I listen to the flagrant, too. At work almost every day. <laughs> Andrew, man, he is, oh, man, he has, I'm like, this motherfucker, man, damn. But, um, <clears throat> so I, what was the, because uh, I noticed on your video, I saw a, a picture of Chad Arms uh, as a, was he a preacher? Yeah, he was a preacher uh, on that uh, last video that we did with Jelly in the, uh, in the, in the river. He was uh, the preacher that baptized Jelly in the, in the video. That that video's not out yet, right? No, it's not out yet. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I know, you know, I'm pretty good at seeing his videos, and so uh, are you editing that too? Yes, yes. Okay, mm -hmm. so we're shoot. We're actually shooting the second half of that. Um, the week after next, we're trying to lock down a location, another location for the video, and we just had a bit of trouble locking it in, but we finally got it. So that we'll shoot that one the week after next, and it'll probably come out fairly quickly after that. Hell yeah, I'm uh, I watch you know I watch his stories and stuff, and I seen him like the back. What well, also uh, Chad had his he was there on Chad Arms TV, he was there filming some behind the scenes stuff. And was it uh, am I, am I thinking this right? Did he throw somebody through a table? Oh, that was at a uh, that was at another music video. Uh, oh, God. Say it again. <laughs> This video called Role Model that we did at Santa's Club, that was that video. Yeah, Jelly threw, uh, the guy that Jelly threw through a table was actually uh, our director. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. I didn't mean to get off on another one, but but yeah, that's the one where Jelly Roll, had, someone put like, uh, it looks like he got his eyes blacked or something. Yeah, that was a, that's a fun video, man. That video is going to be crazy. And I think that's one of the first new videos that we got coming out uh, so, of this project. But that's going to be, that's a funny video. Yeah, so I noticed too that you see on your um, on your Instagram that it says that you're the official Jelly Roll uh, DP. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a. Uh, do, do you think that's a or obviously that's a big accolade, right? Man, I love it. Uh, I love it uh, just because I love I love Jelly Roll as a person. He's an awesome person. I love that he trusts me to be able to create uh, help him create his vision and and move forward in his career. And uh, also, I just love to be able to make some music videos to songs that are amazing, and all of his songs are amazing. So yeah, I wrote an article about him after uh, after he sold out uh, the Ryman, and I was saying, you know, like it seemed like his, uh, you know, of course, anybody over the years you're gonna grow, but he's definitely grown, and it seemed. I don't really know the whole backstory of it, but when Jingle Jared got involved, it seemed like he pushed him to start singing more. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a great thing to do because Oh Jelly can sing for sure. Oh yeah, he can really sing, man. He oh, and he's really. he can he's confident now too. So, mm -hmm. but um, uh, so what would you say your favorite thing to do? Or what is your favorite thing about being a DP? Um, favorite thing about being a DP. 
that's a difficult one because I kind of like all of it. <laughs> uh, I guess what? I would, you know, the technical aspect of being a DP. Um, just you know, all the the uh, technology that you you put together and use to create a different type of shot, or even just being able to take what you have, um, even if it's not very much, and just be able to create something that really can like have people watching back and be like, oh, wow, that was kind of a unique way to do something or a unique angle or something like that. Just, um, you know, all the creativity that goes into it. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can shoot something, but then finding a new way to shoot something, I guess, is my favorite part about, about being a DP. Uh, using unusual angles that really can help drive a story that will uh, make you make you uh, be more involved and be uh, um, be more involved in the story of, of what you're watching. Yeah, uh, yeah, I noticed that. Uh, you know, uh, when you're on your Instagram, you got a lot of these uh, camera things that own. It looked like one you was almost in like a cage or something. It's like <laughs> you, you pretty much got to wear the camera, right? Oh yeah, that, uh, that ready rig vest. Yeah, uh, it helps out a lot. Um, for one, uh, holding a camera all day, it does get a little heavy when you have certain different uh, things attached to it. But also, just having that on um, takes the weight off of my shoulders and it kind of puts it around my waist and hips. So it's like it, it makes it when you it makes it where I go from you know if I can hold it normally for two hours straight, I can put it on that thing and it not. It, it it's limitless in time that I can hold it. And then also just the stability of being able to have that on there. It has like a spring-loaded arms that hold the camera in place. Yeah. Is that, is that the same as the, was it the, stat, what is it now? The one where when they're, well, the cameraman's walking, it won't, uh, you can't see that the camera's moving? Yeah, that's pre pretty much what that thing is supposed to be. Oh, okay. Uh, just, uh, you still can see a little bit, but uh, if you do the proper uh, walk, like the duck walk, then I mean it kind of covers everything. So, so you got to you have to get a whole different walk down for that. Yeah, you want to kind of like walk with where you kind of like uh, either on your toes. I, I see some people kind of walk on their toes, or some people just kind of like roll their foot on the ground as they're walking. That's pretty wild. After over time, you know. Back, could you imagine trying to film a movie like in the 60s or 50s or something like that? I bet it was a uh, struggle. <laughs> oh, yeah. And their cameras were huge. So it's like back then, there was no strapping your camera to your body or your body's going to break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's like that. What back in the day, it was when, uh, how old are you? I'm 33. Okay, so you're close to, you know, but you remember the uh, one, the big old v VHS uh video camera mm -hmm. did you did you did you shoot with any of that back at, when you know when you was growing up when i was growing up uh actually, that's where i kind of started to fall in love with cameras like i used to just shoot a lot of home video stuff and we had one of those cameras that had a vhs tape and uh yeah i remember recording over the same tape like a million times just creating different things <laughs> that's what i was about to say and you do it so much eventually you'll start it'll bleed through won't it yeah yeah it'll bleed through <laughs> underneath <laughs> It was, I guess it wasn't long after that they come, finally come out with the little mini tapes. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, when they got the smaller cameras. Yeah, and then they had that, uh, they had like a, before the mini tape, they had like a, it's like an eight millimeter tape converter that went into the VHS uh, cassette. You remember that thing? Yeah. It had like a VHS cassette, had like a door on it, and you stuck another tape inside of it. <laughs> uh, it wasn't that so you can play it in the VCR? The VCR, mm-hmm. 
Oh man, that that was the days, wasn't it? When you could oh. go to hey, when you go to Blockbuster and rent a VCR. Oh man, hey. yeah. <laughs> and and you could rent a um uh uh a, ta- a VH- VHS tape rewinder. You remember that? Please be kind. Rewind. Yeah, well, you know, kids don't know nothing about that now. All right. Okay. Charge you extra if you didn't rewind. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was watching a documentary about the last blockbuster. Do you ever? Did you get to watch it on Netflix? The one up in Alaska? Uh, no, it's in a. Oh, where is it? It's on the West Coast. Or what? Is it Washington? I, I think yeah, I know I think it's o- Oregon or Washington or something like that. Something yeah, like wait. that. But they have to get the license from uh, who is it? Stars or Dish Net? No, Dish TV or Dish Network owns blockbusters name so every year they got to call up dish network or whatever to make sure they still have the license to carry that name wow i did not know that oh yeah that yeah that was a pretty wild documentary but uh oh man i miss those days being of you know as a kid just walking through and get you know seeing the movie uh or the po- the artwork on the thing but we actually had a you ever hear a family video yeah, family video. It's one in my hometown. Yeah, we uh we had one here, and it just recently closed down right after, right in the middle of the pandemic. But I was actually able to. Uh, they were selling the shelves that the DVDs were on, so I bought two of them for ten dollars. Hey, that's nice. So that's what I got a lot of my movies on over here is the display. So I got oh. a little piece of family video over here. Nice. But uh, <laughs> keep uh, yeah, yeah, um. Man, I miss the I miss those days. Yeah, but, uh, it was not like going to like the you know the going to Blockbuster, being able to look at all the tapes and then look at the front and the back and kind of just like I remember going so many times with my family at the Blockbuster on like a Friday night and just looking at all the movies and just randomly picking out something that you never seen you never seen or heard of and just going back just checking to see if it was a good movie and then also when they when Blockbuster started printing. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, video games? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I think, uh, was it around the Nintendo 64 and stuff? They, I think they actually started renting out consoles, too, didn't they? I remember that, too, yeah. They started renting out uh, console. Oh, man, those were the days. So what would you uh, gravitate towards more when you walked in or through that store? Would you gravitate towards more like comedy or horror movies, or what would you go towards? Um... I I said I'd go probably first towards the comedy section after that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a you know I was huge. I'm always been huge in the comedies. And then when I met my wife, she was a, she's a huge '80s. Speaking of, I love the '80s horror. <laughs> but uh, she's a huge '80s horror fan, and uh, on horror all in general. But uh, she got me more into horror when I met her. But I used to, that's all I would watch. I, you know, stand-up is my shit, man. I love some stand-up. Who's uh, your favorite? Oh, I, I got to say right now, man, uh, it's either Joe Rogan or Burt Kreischer. Oh, I love Burt Kreischer, man. <sighs> he is stupid, <laughs> but he is stupid funny, man. Oh, man. Did you see his one, Hey Big Boy special? I've seen the oh. one on, got his shirt off the whole time. Oh, he pretty much does that all the time now. 
And he, oh. he, that's a must. Like he he comes out there and uh, you know he's he's got a shirt on for a minute and then he takes it off and the crowd just goes crazy. So that's uh, great. That's and great. I think he's more comfortable like that too because he said he starts sweating and it just gets uncomfortable. Like back in the day, you see Cat Williams up there, damn, you could see it just pouring sweat. And he's yeah, got pull. this big, you know, he's got leather jacket on him. Like, mm-hmm. I know you're shooting a special, but man, why are you gonna be uncomfortable doing it? Right. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, he's like, I gotta look fly. What are you talking about? But uh, like, like Burt Kreischer don't give a shit about it. He's just got some blue jeans and no shirt. <laughs> yeah. But, and he, I first found out about him on uh, this is not happening. You watch that? Show? I've never heard of that. Oh, I, oh, write it down, bro. This is not happening. It's a show that you can go on YouTube and watch all the episodes for free. And it's basically a bunch of comedians and actors, and they're telling true life stories. And, like, when you're watching the stories, like, you know, you say, oh, man, this isn't, like, if something crazy is happening, you're like, this isn't real. That's kind of the gist behind it. But hilarious. Bert Christ oh. is on there. He, he's got a really funny story on there. I think, <laughs> um, say again, it cut out. Oh, I said his shirt is off when he tells his story on there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the funny thing is, he's always like working out, and he's always trying to. Uh, he's on diets and stuff. Cause I listen to his podcast too, or his well, the Two Bears One Cave with Tom mm-hmm. Segura. Yeah, <laughs> man. Well, they say some craziness on there, but anyways, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, um, where I I found I saw his uh, uh the machine story about him talking about the machine. You know, I'm like, yeah. he's actually over in uh, Serbia right now filming uh, the Machine movie. Have you seen that? He's got a movie coming out called The Machine. Yeah, it's taking place. Guess who his father, who's playing his father? Who? Um, oh, man. Oh, man. I'm... Uh, Mark Hamill. But uh, I was trying to say, uh, yeah, I was trying to say, Luke Skywalker, but I went blank on Luke Skywalker when I said it. But yeah, Mark Hamill was playing his father. Mark, wow, that's crazy. I definitely want to see that. Yeah, it, it takes place like was it fifteen or thirty years after the incident uh, of the of the train thing, and he's got he's got some Russians after him or something like that. But so <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah I'm pretty excited. When uh, when they were on the podcast talking about it, they were I guess he couldn't say nothing at the time, so he was saying he's going to rehab. Mm, okay. <laughs> so he's going to out of country for for rehab, and I'm like, what the hell? So I guess because but well, oh that's what I was getting at. He's a uh, big in exercising, and but when he's exercising, he drinks a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> like he he'd be on the treadmill. And uh, he'd be running on the tread or walking on the treadmill. But he ends up drinking one or two bottles of wine, and like kind of defeats the purpose, don't it? Yeah. Because alcohol has got a lot of carbs in it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Oh, uh, like I said, I'm huge into comedy. Like one of my favorite. Have you ever seen a movie called Tucker and Dale versus Evil? I haven't seen that. Uh huh. It, it kind of goes on the whole tro. Uh, the cliche of the hillbilly redneck thing. These uh, mm-hmm. like four, was it four or six uh, college kids go uh, go into the the mountains for like a spring break or something, 
and uh tucker and dale bought a cabin in the woods and they're up there it's their fishing cabin so it's their little get weekend getaway but of course these uh college kids think that they're uh just some inbred hillbillies and stuff and everything the way everything works out oh man it's it's a great one it's a horror comedy that so by far my favorite is more most favorite horror comedy out there but uh yeah um what what's the name of that again tucker and dale versus evil okay i'm gonna check that out I, it might be on netflix but I, or if not it's on uh pluto, pluto, okay, pluto. yeah i love all these free uh free channels to watch stuff but yeah, um be- you know it's um you know, shooting stuff like you you said you shot stuff uh, when you was younger. Me and my wife, we used to shoot uh, little short films with our kids. Like there's one that there's a Bigfoot uh, short where we're at the park and uh, they come across the Bigfoot. Uh, one's a witch. And then, uh, so, you know, we, we film every now and then. I'm actually working on a movie myself. Uh, I shot with all of my cell phone and it's just me. <clears throat> I don't want to get into. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous, but it's called it's called it's called porn of normal activity. <laughs> porn of normal activity. Yeah, I posted a. I think I posted the the uh, flyer. Yeah, the thing on my page. Yeah, it, yeah, I've seen that. I got lotion on my face. That's just lotion, but it's meant to be something different. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I shot it as um as a. Um, like little, just like little webisodes or whatever, and I put uh-huh. them on YouTube for a while, and they was just like season one and season two, and then someone said you should make that into a movie. I added it up, and all the ones I had, I had almost an hour and twenty minutes of just that. So I'm gonna shoot the ending, and uh, and I'm gonna put it out as a full a feature length movie as a found uh, raunchy horror comedy found footage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want to check that out, bro. Oh, if you like raunchy comedy, oh man, I'll, I'll if you want, I'll go ahead and send you the links of what I got so far. And uh, <laughs> oh man, it's and my buddy, uh, his name is Yeti. He made the the poster for it. Okay. It was, so uh, job with the poster. You, that's the same one you had on your uh, story, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I put I had the the synopsis wrote on it. Yeah, Gosh. it was on there today. Uh huh. Uh internet's being slow <laughs> of course it would right when i i never posted it on that one maybe i post i don't know uh uh-huh. no, i, I wonder you... did i follow you on thn studios as well uh no i think just jim uh jim jam yeah yeah, yeah okay mm-hmm. and then i said coming soon but i spelt it the other way <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh hold on let's see what Alright, we get back to it. Sorry, I got off. But, uh, so you'd say your your favorite uh, movies kind of was comedy? Yeah, comedy. Mm-hmm. What'd you say, who'd you say, your? Uh, did you say who your favorite comedian was? Oh, no, I didn't. Um, uh, I'd say probably, uh, right now, it's probably Dave Chappelle. I really like his, uh, his comedy style a lot. Uh, also, like, um... What is his name? Uh, George Carlin. George Carlin. He's pretty funny. Is, is that he's the, a, he's he, older. He, 
He passed away, didn't he? Yeah, he passed away. He's, he's older than me. From, from Bill, and, Bill and Ted, right? He was mm-hmm. in Bill and Ted boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's his name? What was his name in there? Uh, I don't remember what his name was. But yeah, he back when back when he they said stuff and it didn't hurt people's feelings. Yeah, or they just up. or they just didn't give a shit. One, um, <laughs> probably the second one. Hey, what was it? Uh, I think it was right after all this, everything started happening where everybody got offended by everything. And Dave, and I think it was when Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle first come back, his uh, stand up or his special that when he first come back, mm-hmm. holy shit, he did not hold nothing back, and I was so <laughs> thrilled to see that. Yeah, I, was I like, like he was, doesn't let anything uh, hold back. He goes at everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, I listen to I, I don't know. Do you listen to the Joe uh, Rogan experience? Love it, love it. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to I, if if I can, man. I'm gonna try to go down to Austin. I want to because uh, Joe said he's opening up a comedy club. Oh, really? I th- it might be him and Dave Chappelle gonna be doing it together. Because I, but uh, now Dave Chappelle lives in Ohio, don't he? I I think so. Yeah, uh, so. I don't think he's ever gonna get tainted with going to Hollywood. <laughs> he don't like them people. Yeah, yeah. He likes to be in a small town area and and, and just kind of be there with his family and. Not to worry uh, about much. Which I don't blame him because um, not long after, uh, I think I lived in Cheatham County for a couple years. And I was running around with my, you know, uh, my cousin doing kid stuff, doing dumb shit. And <clears throat> we prov- provoked somebody and I ended up getting shot in the leg. And uh, oh. over over in the nations right in front of West Park. The little really? that little building right in front of uh, uh, I can't remember what name that road is. But yeah, we doing dumb shit. <laughs> I end up getting shot, but my parents saw that was like we got to get him out of Nashville. He's gonna get killed. <laughs> <laughs> so they moved us up here to Warren County or McMinnville. Okay, McMinnville. Yeah. Yeah. So I did my uh, I did my time in high school at Warren County High. So. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, after that, you know, that's when, uh, let's say, how long after, where are you from? Owensboro, Kentucky. Owensboro, okay. So, uh, when did you move to Nashville? Uh, I moved here uh, in October 2010. 2010, okay. So, yeah, I think that was about the time when Nashville started changing. Or getting yeah. around that time. I think it started really changing when that show Nashville was filming. When they yeah, first- yeah. Yeah, I feel the same thing because uh, when I came, um, 2010 was the flood, and then uh, after the flood, it was a couple months, and they opened the mall back up, and then that, and then the Nashville show started, and then uh, I remember watching the news uh, clipping in like 2012, and they were talking about how they were going to stick uh, eight, 18 new skyscrapers up downtown that were, had more than like 20 floors, and I was like, what? There's no way. And sure enough, I look out the window right here in my office, and yeah, they weren't lying. <laughs> so how are you like right by? Are you on Music Row, or are you close to it, or something? Yeah, I'm on Music Row. I can actually see the AT and T building from my window when oh, it's not lying. Oh man, you got a you got an awesome sky view, then, don't you? It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. Um, during sunset, you can the go all the you know all the buildings downtown are all glass, so during the yeah. sunset buildings like change to a golden color and then it reflects on this back wall back here 
Oh, wow. win. Was you, uh, I don't know, I don't think they do it no more, but uh, was you, uh, uh, were they doing it that one building downtown Nashville, they would turn off the certain lights in the floors and spell stuff out on the building? They would use uh, all the lights? That was before that I moved here, but I remember seeing that when I was a kid, though. Oh, man, that was awesome. They would have, I can't remember what they would ever put on it, but yeah. And I remember we used to, uh, let's see, I was probably eight or nine, but we would pull over in the middle of the interstate and like the grass, and we'd mm-hmm. watch the fireworks uh, mm-hmm. on 4th of July on downtown Nashville. Oh, man, the good old days when Nashville was uh, not the new New York or new L.A. Yeah. But I was just recently there, was it about two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And uh, man, it's it's sad to see they're tearing down all the houses and putting them. Uh, everybody I know calls them uh, row houses. Yeah. A lot of people, or like struggle when the song uh, was the Outlaw Classic. I think he said something about um, uh, tear down my old neighborhood and put up uh, high rise condos. Yeah, high rise condos, and yeah, a lot of people call them tall skinny. Yeah. I almost, yeah. I almost feel like the two, the shotgun houses, like in New Orleans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's one video I wish that they would have made, is uh Outlaw Classic video. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been awesome. <clears throat> have you got, well, I don't know, do, uh, have you uh, got to shoot anything with Ryan Upchurch? Um, we did one project together. But I'm not even sure where the project went. Somebody else was producing the project, so I don't know exactly where it went. I still haven't found that video to this day. <laughs> I don't know where it's at. I, I wasn't in charge of editing it either. I was just in charge of shooting it, and then I just handed it off to somebody. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where that video is at. <laughs> but no, I did no. work. Uh, that was a couple of years ago. Also, I, I guess it got shelved or something. I guess so. I don't know. But yeah, uh, what would you say? Uh, you know, I know when you filmed uh, with Andrew Schultz and Jelly Roll, that's probably like you said, it was pretty crazy. So, what would you say would be the craziest thing you've had to uh, or happened on in a day of your career? In a day of my career, oh man! All right. Uh... I guess I can say this without saying any names. <laughs> so I don't embarrass anyone. Um, I was uh, shooting a video for this young younger artist, and he had a, a feature from a, a bigger artist on on the song with him. And we were finishing up shooting the intro of his uh, his music video, and the rest of it was like a house party video. Mm-hmm. And we go uh, back over to the uh to the house to continue shooting and we get over there and uh i walk in the the living room and i got you know the the entire camera gear all strapped to my body the camera and everything the ready rig vest yeah uh not the one i own now was a different one um but i walk in and as i walk in i see these legs just getting drugged across the living across the floor of the kitchen First thing I thought, well, somebody got too drunk and they got beat up, and <laughs> and they got knocked out, I guess, because it was like a house party setting, you know. Yeah. So 
I, I'm I walk around the little uh, dining room table and I'm going through the kitchen. It's one of basically it's one of uh, it's a house that you open the door. There's a dining room, and then right past the dining room, there's the uh, the kitchen right there, and you can kind of see the kitchen through the dining room. So I walk around the dining room table, go through the kitchen. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I go around the corner, and and um, once you go around the corner in the kitchen, it goes down a little tiny hallway into the garage. I go around there, and as I'm trying to see who it is, as I get around the garage, I just see these legs get folded up into the back seat of the car, and the door slams, and then the truck speeds out. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so then they took me to the side, and they were like, uh, yeah, such and such, uh, overdosed on uh, something, and he just died. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> they were like, yeah, we're just talking to him, and he just fell forward and hit his face on the pole, and he's laid on the ground. Now the story gets lighthearted after this, so it was the down the, the down part of the thing, and I was like, what in the hell is going on? Like we were just gone for ten minutes, everything was fine. So then uh, we get a call from the person that took them to the hospital, and uh, he's like, he's in the car, and he's like, uh. His lips are turning purple. He's like, that's not good. And so they pull up into the emergency lane at the hospital, and he just wakes up, and he just looks around. He's like, what's going on? Where are we at? <laughs> and I was like, shit. what? This is crazy. It's like, that's this is a crazy day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was that was by far the craziest day I've had on set for sure. And I, I'll never forget that day. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say this. Uh, this because this might reveal. I don't know, but this reminded me of a music video that I saw. Yeah, it was a back. Is a back around the time of the Jingle Jared era. Oh, uh, Sunday morning. Know. Sunday morning. Oh yeah, that was a cool video. I didn't shoot that video though. Oh okay. Well, I thought yeah. that's why I. I he was going with a house party thing, and I think there was something like that in that video. That's why I was like, huh, is that Sunday morning? But yeah, anyways. Well, after that, and not the same artist either. Okay, well, I don't, I'm not going to try to get you to say nothing, but uh, that's, <laughs> I just wanted, but yeah, um, God, that, <laughs> glad, I'm glad he popped up and just like, maybe he just knocked himself out when he fell forward. I don't know. It scared me though. I was just like, I didn't see it happen, but they were just telling me about it, and I was like, because he was the he was one of the artists on the song. You know he, what I mean? So it was, shut down. It shut down everything. He celebrated a little too hard. Way way too hard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh man. Um. Yeah, that definitely is some crazy shit. <laughs> Well, I, I, like I said, again, I want to congratulate you on uh, living your dream and not having to work for a corporation doing a nine to five. So, uh, big congratulations to you on that. I oh, appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, man. I'm just trying to uh, just trying to get out there and uh, create, man. Um, I did the nine to five too, so don't get me wrong. I'm uh, I did that as well uh, when I worked at that marketing company, but I shortly found out that that wasn't for me. Uh, I was creating, still had a camera in my hand, but uh, I'd much rather be shooting music videos or films, anything like that, 
Uh, now, granted, the entire process of being freelance is not the prettiest thing ever, especially when it comes to pay. Because if you don't work, you don't pay. You don't get paid. That's it. And so, uh, and then also, um, if you don't get out there and hustle to get that next job, you don't get paid either. And of course, you know, you want to have a roof over your head. So <laughs> yeah. that kind of get out there and get it. But uh, yeah, so uh, um, yeah, I feel like now I'm in a position working with Jelly that I feel like a, I'm the com- most comfortable that I've been and I'm able to focus more so on the creativity job than focus on the aspect of, oh, I need to get me five more gigs so I can be able to afford X, Y, Z bills. Yeah. That makes, you know. Um, so, you know, well, obviously, uh, working with Jelly, it got you other gigs, right? Did that, you know, it spawned into other things like you shot the Viking Barbie video, right? Yeah. So, uh, Jelly, uh, yeah, working on his videos really has helped out, uh, um, get other clients, uh, to come to us to shoot their videos, but also, um, a lot of the artists that have. Uh, a mute, or have a song with Jelly Roll, they'll go ahead and hire us to come in and, and really um, shoot their video and mold it all together just so they can have that same type of look that Jelly has for his other music videos. So I found that to be pretty cool as well. I guess you uh, you definitely have a huge uh, port, would it be portfolio or huge uh, catalog maybe of uh, music videos and stuff you've done. Uh <clears throat> Did you ever want to direct or like make your own movie? Um, actually, I have some uh, short films and uh, that I've uh, written. I have not shot those uh, yet, but uh, they are in the process of. Because uh, I'm kind of hard on myself sometimes too when it comes to like creativity. I'm, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a super perfectionist, but I also want things to like look and, and feel a certain way. Um, and with uh, short films and movies. You can't really cut a lot of corners like you can on music videos. Yeah. To really complete them and make them make sense. So um, I just want to kind of take my time with some of those because those are going to be like my baby, baby, baby. So when it's first, like really short, I just want to be able to kind of show my skill set as a as a as a DP and as a director. What um what genre of the films are they going to be? Uh, I think this first one that uh, I'm going to put out is going to be a drama. Um, it's going to have a little ups and downs, but it's going to be pretty emotional. Um, it's already written, and I've ca- I think I've cast all the people that I want to uh, to be cast in it. Um, I just want to make sure I have the right amount of time to really uh, knock this knock this out and lock it in and, and get it done um, in a in a good solid amount of time. But uh, yeah, I, I like I like dramas. I like shooting drama dramatic stuff like that, but also I'm a big proponent of uh, shooting comedy stuff as well. It's just that um, for me, I feel like writing comedy is a lot more difficult than it is to write a drama. Yeah. Because I'm not I'm not a comedian. I know what's funny, but also, you know, there's always a setup and a punchline and like a uh, you know what I'm saying. And 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 the and the timing has to be perfectly right on uh, being comedy. Everybody's not a comedian, so it's hard for you to get like actors that are gonna really nail that every time. Um, since you know, I'm since I've been doing what I've been doing for over six, seven years. Networking is a, ma- a major thing in what we do. Um, since you have uh, you know contacts with Andrew, 
would he be able to help you out with that comedy? Like, just give you advice on how to write? You know, I didn't even honestly think of that. Uh, you know, he might he might be able to help out with that. Uh, and also, here at the uh, office on the uh, our video team, our producer that helps out on all the projects, uh, his name is Jonathan Craig. Um, and he's, he's a really funny guy. He's also a comedy writer. Um, and he's done a lot of the stand-up, too. So I'm probably going to hit him up and then maybe converse with him and uh andrew when it comes time for me to kind of try to lock in some of that stuff maybe i can bring their my idea to them and they can help me polish it that'd be oh awesome. yeah yeah i think uh andrew comes to nashville especially you know zanies you know mm-hmm. uh, i wish there was more comedy clubs around tennessee i think the only one i know of is damn zanies and that was about, that's about it isn't it yeah there was another one a couple of years ago called jazz and jokes but uh i think it shut it shut down like five or six years ago so, yeah, I think Danny's is really the – oh, no, there's one more, the Third Coast Comedy Club. And uh, there's, they do some good sets over there sometimes, and I think they do uh, improv over there too. Yeah, I want to uh, – I don't think – I think the only time I've ever been to a, a comedy show is when it was a, there was a show for Bonnaroo. Um, Chris Hardwick was there. Okay. Uh, and I got to see him and then also Reggie Watts. Oh, man, that dude is great. You know, he's – whatever he does with the that machine or the whatever it is, oh, that dude is – you know what I'm talking about? I don't know you. I'm going to have to check him out. Reggie Watts? Yeah, Reggie okay. Watts. He's got a crazy-ass poofy – it's not like a fro. It's just like he got stuck his finger in an electric socket. This is a, <laughs> he, I think he was on Joe Rogan not too long ago. But, yeah, okay. he had – He'll, he'll like, you know, he can do beatboxing. He's great at beatboxing, but he'll do the noise and then he'll program it into his little little thing, whatever that's called. I'm not good with that shit, but, um, yeah, man, really, you should check him out. He's, he's a, I think he's a comedian too, so. But okay. yeah, I, I saw both, both of them at, uh, at Bonnaroo, and I think that's about the only time I've seen uh, comedy live. So uh, I definitely would love to see Andrew Schultz because, if you get around, you know, or do you watch his YouTube channel? Oh yeah, oh all the time. You know, that's one. Uh, he does a lot of crowd work, and it is, I love it. I love oh. how he messes with the crowd. <laughs> yeah, he feels and, um, So on his YouTube channel, he's got this uh, thing called the crowd work special. Yeah. It's like for him just like really just getting at the crowd. Really funny. And he he really goes in on the the ethnicity of people. He really likes to like, wh- which yeah. one are you or which one are you? And, uh, <laughs> like there was one that was uh two guys and a girl, I think. And one was the best friend of the girls and the other was the boyfriend. And he was, you know, he was definitely having a fun with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Oh man. Um, yeah, that's what uh, I hope he comes to Nashville. Uh, to Zanies, but I bet it'd be hard to get tickets for him. Yeah, Zanies. Have you ever been to Zanies? Yeah, yeah. Jelly actually had a show there uh, two months ago or something like that. A show at Zanies for yeah. for a con- Jelly did a comedy show. Yeah, it was great, man. It was really Holy good. Shit! <laughs> I bet- oh, now that I bet it was sold out, wasn't it? We say it again. He does some little pop-up shows over there every now and then, uh, every now and again. It's pretty great. A lot of comedians just love Jelly, and they invite him to come and do like a little, a couple-minute set over there. Man, 
So do they announce it on it, or is he just there? Just you got to be there to see it. They'll now they usually announce it uh, on his Facebook page. Now, if it's if it's an official show, they'll announce it on the Facebook on uh, Jelly's Facebook page. Um, but then if it's not, then he'll just kind of show up for for some things like that. I bet. So that's pretty. Yeah, he definitely yeah. is funny as shit. Man, I I need to start paying more attention to Facebook. <laughs> But I got so much going on, like I'm my Coca Cola has me working twelve five twelves, sometimes six twelves. So I get five home twelves. What? Yeah. That's why I'm hoping this stuff will pan out where I can get away <laughs> from that yeah. stuff. It's, it's hard to have a life. Luckily I'm got a three day weekend this week for Memorial Day. But um do you ever do you follow cryptocurrency any? Uh, I actually been looking into um a little bit of Dogecoin. My only thing is, I don't a hundred percent understand cryptocurrency. I don't understand how you can mine something from nothing. How, like, how do you find the cash? I, that when I think hard on that, it makes my brain just like well, I, I don't. Got, yeah, there's a guy <laughs> I work with. He was trying to explain to me. He said all it is is a agreement between one person and another person that it has value. There's nothing backing it. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, he told me about this one coin. It's supposed to be the Doge coin killer called SHIB. It's SHIB? Called the SHIB, S-H-I-B. Okay. It's, na- it's named after the dog that the the coin Doge is after. Oh. So, so they pretty much stole that whole thing. I think it's yeah. called like a Shiba Uni, Uni or something like that is the breed uh-huh. of dog that Doge coin is. And okay. uh, I bought, I bought into it. Um, I bought eleven million coins for yeah. uh, less than a hundred bucks. So oh, if damn. it if it does a dollar, I'm not work. If I'm working six twelves, it's gonna be me uh, filming a movie. <laughs> it's not gonna be <laughs> me working uh, at a Coca Cola making somebody else money. There you go, man. Oh, but yeah, that's one that I bought it on Crypto.com. Uh, and it's down right now, but they keep saying that, you know, a year from now, you can be a mega millionaire. So, <sighs> dreams right there, buddy. Dreams. <laughs> I have to look into that, too. Shib, let me write that down. Yeah, S-H-I-B. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. I, right now, it's kind of down, so it's a good time to buy in. You can get like a million coins for uh, like 10 bucks. So even if oh. you just buy a million coins and it goes to a dollar. Even if it goes to 50 cents. Yeah. Still... But yeah. any anytime it dips, it seems like I'm on a Facebook group. But anytime it seems to dip, a lot of people buy more. There's people that have like trillions of coins. Wow. Like if this thing hits a dollar, they're more they're they're more rich than Jeff Bezos. Woo. So that's like I don't understand the whole thing of how it really but I'm hoping it hits that. I, I don't even know if I'm gonna stay in if it hits uh, fifty cents. I think if it hits fifty cents, I think I'm cashing out and I'm done with work. I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be doing something I love, not something I don't want to. You know, just to pay the bills. But anyways, I noticed you have a NASA shirt on. So are you big into space and stuff? Oh man, I I love space. I I just love science as a whole. But yeah, Yeah. definitely. Man, uh, 
it's pretty interesting. I don't know if you've been paying attention to all the UFO stuff that the Pentagon yeah. stuff have been saying lately, and that video that just surfaced the other day from uh, uh, Daniel Corbell, Cor- Corbell uh, the Navy. Uh, it's the first time that a radar footage has actually been captured on these uh, unidentified objects, and there was like 20 of them that were circling the U.S. Navy ship, and they got they got the footage from the actual radar where you can see them all around the ship, and then you can see them dis- uh, disappear into the ocean. And um, Okay, so that's what uh, Joe was talking about. I was listening to his newest episode. He was talking with a, was it a philosopher. Mm-hmm. Can't remember the guy's name, but uh, yeah, they were talking about how they think that the aliens or UFOs are they're uh, living in the ocean. That's how they're you know stay hid away and stuff. Yeah, and also it can, it, it kind of makes a little sense because uh, scientifically, um, the octopus doesn't have DNA like anything else in the entire world. There's nothing else that has DNA like an octopus. So. Technically, it could be alien in nature, but, I mean, we don't know what an alien looks like unless we go by Independence Day with Will Smith and they, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I that... mean, it could be an alien species, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, they say that the octopus doesn't have DNA like anything else that's in this world, and that could probably be our closest thing to maybe we could consider as an alien that we've actually seen and, and know of, but who knows at the same time. Yeah, that's um, that's one thing that I'm kind of kind of creeped out about. Like, have you seen? You remember the movie uh, Fire in the Sky? About the uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Travis, Travis. Uh, man, I can't remember his last name, but he got abducted. He said he got abducted, but mm-hmm. they uh, it was him and like three or four buddies. They were loggers, uh, like somewhere uh, was it in Arizona or somewhere. But they were in the mountains logging, and a UFO abducted Travis. Uh, man, I can't remember. Joe, he was on Joe Rogan's show before, but uh, mm. yeah, but yeah, that movie is creepy as hell. It's called Fire in the Sky. But, I have to uh, check. It was, I think it was in the nineties it come out. Mm-hmm. But man, I got a little a little ongoing thing with my wife. Like I, t- I keep telling her, like when we go to bed, you gotta keep the damn closet door closed. There's aliens in the attic. And they will come down and get me while I sleep. <laughs> but, but there's another movie, uh, uh, The Fourth Kind. Did you ever see it? I think, no, I don't, it's just called The Fourth Kind, I believe, but it's got Milia Jovic in it. I think it's Milia Jovic. But, uh. City in Nome, Alaska? Yeah. Yeah, Apparently yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that happens in Nome, Alaska. Um. Yep. I think it was Milia Jovic. If that's how you pronounce her name. Yeah, the fourth kind. But there mm-hmm. was a scene at the end of the movie where uh, the, her daughter or son, one of the two, get just like vanishes out of their bedroom. Like they yeah. just like, and I'm like, that is truly terrifying. Like Terrifying. And, and then they have actual footage in that movie too? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, I think... Heard- she was, uh, she started watching, was it video back of her, uh, and she finally realized that she was getting visited by aliens as well, or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. But, uh, that's just terrifying to know that 
there's nothing you can do. Like when they took her kid, you know, mm. she was, I think she was, uh, was it like the TV was scrambled or she was talking to him for a second mm-hmm. and they just told her like, you're not getting your kid back. There's yeah. no, there's absolutely nothing that she was able to do. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, who's going to go get the kid. They don't know where it's the kids at. Right. Like, where we, that we don't even have nothing that can travel to where they live at. Yeah, the farthest we've ever been is to the moon, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's just, that just very, that creeps me out a lot. Like, if I see something in the sky, I don't think I'm going to go investigate it. I think I might take some video, just keep on going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be getting up under it and staring up at it, you know, so it can take me up. And they got long, skinny fingers. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder who started that, you know, saying that shit. I don't know. Who knows, then? <laughs> Somebody probably in the 70s or 80s or the 60s. 60s. I, I think around, was it Roswell when it happened? Mm-hmm. The Roswell you, class. You ever watch the show uh, Project Blue Book? It was on History Channel. I haven't seen that. It's oh. like a drama, dramatization of the, I think there's a book come out that uh, a, a guy wrote, I guess it based on true events. But I started watching it. It's a pretty, pretty good show. It's got a lot of alien stuff in it, so, uh, and like I'm a, a big X Files uh, fan too. Well, you have to check out the Joe Rogan podcast with Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar was a guy that worked at Area 51, and um, he's been telling his story for like 30 years about how his experiences at Area 51 and how he's seen like a spacecraft there that had like this anti-gravity technology. It's really interesting. He, him and um, that Corbell guy or whatnot, they get on there and they both do an interview. There's also on Netflix, I think it's still on there, there's a Bob Lazar documentary. But it's really interesting. And a lot of stuff that he talks about, uh, it actually, like there's an element 115 that he talks about that they came up with a long time ago. And actually, uh, if you Google it, it it actually exists now. and it just came out, but he was talking about it about 30 years ago. But, I mean, yeah, Bob Lazar, look up this guy. Real interesting guy. Real smart guy, too. Yeah, that's, you know, I'll definitely uh, check that out because I work where I work 12 hours. And uh, I can listen to, like, two or three episodes of Joe Rogan because he got, man, three-hour podcast. Can you imagine sitting there for three hours? But he talks about. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I thought my AirPods went dead, <laughs> but yeah, um, I could, I don't know if I you know I think the most I've ever done a podcast is an hour and a half, but man, but they they get into some shit. Um, have, I heard uh, a Dan Aykroyd is huge into UFOs too. Really? Yeah, he's he's an official ufologist. A ufologist. Yeah, you you know you can you could probably be a ufologist. It's not like a something you go to school for. It's just I think it's like something you can just as long as you post it on your Instagram page, it's official. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you like you know you're big into space and stuff and science. You can be like I had it on mine for a while that I was a ufologist, but yeah, I don't I don't have enough time to study anything like that. But I I'm fascinated by it though. I'm gonna have to check that out. Ufologist. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Dan Aykroyd is huge into it. He's like, okay. he, yeah. He's he he. I heard a podcast. You ever heard of the last podcast on the left? 
so they're like a true crime podcast. But they, I haven't heard a true crime podcast, but I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, they're they're huge. They're like they're just like Joe Rogan. They got an mm-hmm. exclusive deal for Spotify. So wow. they're, that, they're that big, you know. Uh, they were just recently uh, at the caverns in uh, Grundy County. Mm-hmm. They, they did a live show there, but um, but they interviewed Dan Aykroyd. That's where I heard uh, about uh, him being a ufologist and stuff. But he said that he thinks that uh, uh, aliens come to uh, Earth like on a Sunday cruise, just flying their damn spaceships on a Sunday cruise, seeing what the the Earthlings are doing. <laughs> <laughs> Like they're taking their their old lady out on a date. <laughs> mhm. Coming down to check us out, see what we got going on here. Yeah, they they because they know we we crazy people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, part two. Part uh, two. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the uh, power don't go back out. If it does, it's probably someone hit a pole or something. <laughs> but um. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So um, how have you been? Uh, how's your weekend been so far? It's been good, man. Um, real good. Uh, you know, I'll edit it a little bit. Uh, I met with uh, a good friend of mine. Um, he's working on this really cool project for the Ernest uh, Tub uh, record store down on Broadway. And so he was like showing me around and uh, that place and we're going to get some stuff in order. Some surprises I can't really talk too, too much about. I don't want to spill the beans just yet. Oh, but we got yeah. some, some exciting coming up uh, that we're going to do over there. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe uh, when you're ready, uh, you can come on and uh, tell us about it. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, I uh, I didn't get to ask this, but I'm glad you know this storm kind of happened because it let me uh, think of some more questions. Um, I one, you know, since you're a DP and all that, what camera do you use to film your stuff? Do you use different cameras? Okay, uh, yeah, um, I have an A7S, uh, one and a two, and then I uh, also have a Blackmagic 6K, and then uh, we also have some Blackmagic 4Ks here that we use from time to time as well. And then uh, occasionally, depending on, you know, the project, we might rent a Red or an Ari, but uh, I, I would say mm, probably 90% of the stuff that you've seen as of late has all been shot on the Blackmagic 6K. I was looking up real quick because I know these cameras are just stupid priced, but reasonably priced. But because um, what do they do? But the the Black Magics don't look like they're too awful expensive, but two thousand, you know, somewhere around there. But compared yeah. to the red, <laughs> whew, oh yeah, you know, Now the red oh, cameras, you're gonna, you're gonna spend a house note on the, on the red camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I when I like I said on the. The first part of this podcast, uh, we um, or I listened to the Movie Crypt podcast, and they was talking about like the red uh, dragon and stuff like that. And I just mm-hmm. was curious, and I looked up the prices, and I'm like, in forty thousand dollars for a camera? Yeah, man, that is they, crazy. It's so crazy. They have one uh, they just came out with a couple years ago called the Red Monstero. It's a hundred thousand dollars just for the body, no lenses or nothing. Just the name alone sounds expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, let's see. Uh, uh, what was I going? Oh, well, they, you know, a lot of people, because uh, since I've been doing this uh, Tennessee Horror News, I've met a lot of independent filmmakers. 
And they said if they use any type of camera like that, they'll go to, I guess in Nashville, there's a lot of video stores that rent out these cameras. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have to have a hefty deposit to rent out one of them red or any of them, really. Yeah, they want you to have like a, a certificate of insurance just in case anything goes wrong that would be enough to be able to cover the price of the camera for sure. But yeah, we rent stuff from those guys all the time. There's a really a couple cool houses, uh, rental houses here in Nashville. Oh, hell yeah, especially since uh, um, Nashville is booming now and a lot of people are moving here, especially, uh, uh, let's see, yeah, I think yesterday I looked up some videos trying to find maybe some uh, Jelly Roll doing stand-up at the thing. Maybe someone recorded it. And mm-hmm. I found a couple of little things, but uh, um, I saw that, uh, a co- what, what's the guy, comedian's name? He's got the mullet. Um, uh, P.O. Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be. A, I saw he's gonna be at Zany's uh, next month or this month or next month mm-hmm. or something like that. But yeah, he. Uh, I saw Jelly was on his podcast not too long ago or something. Oh yeah, yeah, they're good buddies. They're good buddies. But yeah, um, yes, I think he just moved here, didn't he? Yeah, Theo just moved here. Yeah, a lot of comedians are uh, moving here. He just moved here. Uh, Josh Wolf just moved here. Um, that, yeah, that's the one that I saw the video of him singing. Uh, he did a weed version of uh, what song was it? He uh, it was at Zany's. It was him and Jelly Roll, and they did a song together. Well, Jelly mm-hmm. didn't get to sing on much on it, but I think Jeff was uh, singing something. He flipped another song and made it just talking about all about weed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, it's pretty wild how uh, so many people are like, especially since L.A. and the people out there or the government out there is keeping it locked down still. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you keeping them locked down? Yeah. Look at, look at Texas. They are booming. Joe Rogan then moved to Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. countless, countless others. And a lot of people, like you said, are moving to Nashville too. So mm-hmm. just traffic's just going to get worse for y'all. <laughs> oh, man. It's already pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> it was during when the pandemic started. I remember I was getting to work from my home in about. 13 minutes and it takes when there's traffic it takes about 20 minutes <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah you know i saw a picture of uh there, there's people selling pictures or something of when uh the pandemic first started and downtown nashville was completely dead it looked mm-hmm. like a ghost town man it was it's kind of eerie for real yeah you know real but, eerie. Uh, but uh i was telling a lot of my independent uh director friends and stuff Right now, if you're smart, if you can get out and not get in trouble, you need to go downtown Nashville and just film a bunch of stuff while mm-hmm. it's empty, and you could possibly make a damn like a apocalypse movie with downtown Nashville or something. Mm-hmm. With, you know, since no one's down there, it'd be perfect time. Yeah, it would have been awesome to be able to go and do that in New York City too. Because oh, New York City, yeah. I mean, it looks super crazy at noon. Nobody in Times Square. That's just, that's a horror movie in itself. <laughs> and it was weird seeing uh, um, New Year's of this year. There was mm-hmm. no one down there. But uh, I think um, I think by the time this year is over, I think uh, there are going to be a, a lot of people in New York. Mm-hmm. If, oh, if yeah. they open back up. But I know damn well Nashville because Governor Lee, done, uh, he done released everything. So we I think we wide open like Texas, ain't we? Oh yeah, we back at it now. We back at it, and I I, I love it. Um, also, um, 
this goes kind of hand in hand with that first question about the cameras. Uh, what cameras or what did you use before you went to school or, you know, got uh, your money together to get these uh, cameras that you have now? The very first camera that I started out on was a Canon T3i. Um, it wasn't very expensive at all. I had like, when I very first started, I think I had two lenses. I had a 50 millimeter, like a little nifty 50 millimeter and a, um, a 10 millimeter lens, ultra wide 10 millimeter. And that's kind of how it started uh, on those two, on that camera. And then after that, I moved to a Canon 7D. And then I, I used, interchanged those two cameras for the first couple of years that I was, uh, that I was shooting. Uh, and then um, after uh, utilizing the Canon 7D for a very long time, that's when I finally switched over to one of those Sonys that I have still. Sweet. Um, well, this also will kind of tie into this. Um, uh, do you have any advice for anybody that's wanting to get into filmmaking? Uh, you know, if they don't choose to go to uh, school for it, do you, uh, or even if they do, what would you advise? So, because you linked up with uh, Jelly now uh, mm -hmm. through other people, how would you recommend people go about uh, getting into this if that's what they're looking for? I would say. Um... Man, honestly, just grab a camera and just start shooting. I mean, my first, I don't know, my first probably five projects, garbage. Uh, but I learned I, I learned so many ways of not how to do things that it helped me figure out how to do things the correct way. And this was even before I started going to school. And then also another big thing uh, that I don't think a lot of people speak on is like, you know, in filmmaking, uh, just like in every other career field or sport or everything, it's all about practice. Practice makes perfect. Oh, so yeah. what I would say, what I would tell people is don't let your video shoot be the only time that you are holding your camera in your hand and filming because you don't want to, you don't want your video set, your video shoot to be the time for you to be able to practice and get better. You want to, you want to get better before the shoot or in, in, in try out your own techniques in between shooting um, actual jobs. And then that way, when you know you get on the job, you don't you're not second guessing yourself or anything like that, and you can kind of be more familiar with it. I think that a lot of people kind of make the mistake, or not maybe even not a lot of people, but some people make the mistake of just only holding the camera in their hand when it's time for a video shoot. And I um, I used to do that uh, when I very first started, and then I just kind of started branching out and doing a lot of things. Also, another big thing is YouTube YouTube tutorials, man. YouTube you can go to college on YouTube basically. And oh, learn a lot of stuff on filmmaking on YouTube, and and that and that for that aspect, you can learn a lot of stuff about everything else. But uh, definitely filmmaking. Uh, there's so many filmmaking channels on YouTube, editing channels, coloring channels, um, lighting channels. There's so many things that you can just learn on there to help you uh, push forward. And then of course, if you go to school, you know school is going to help out as well. But with like a lot of filmmaking schools, it's kind of what you make it. So like you're going to get out of it what you put into it. At least that's what my experience was when I went to college. It's like, I got out of it, what I put into it. Yeah. And another thing, sorry, another thing, uh, going to school, you're, you might be able to, uh, use equipment that you would never get to use beforehand. So, Cause I know NOSI probably has their own cameras that they let the students use. Right. Yeah, uh, Nosy, they've got some uh, lighting gear, some cameras, they've got uh, gimbals, they've got all kinds of different things like that that really will, um, help you get familiar with what those are and also 
um, give you an idea of what maybe you like and be able to invest your own money into getting your own gear one day as well. But yeah, um, college is, is great because there's a lot of other like-minded people there that also want to do the same career with you. So you might in college, you might have uh, meet someone that you guys really gel well, uh, well together and maybe able to start a business from that. And then, and, oh. and, um, and then, you know, push forward. And then always it's great to be able to have uh, the list of your peers that you went to school with. So whenever you get to a situation or uh, in a, a spot where you're able to hire people to be in your crew, then you can go and talk to those people that you went to school with because you kind of already know that they're really knowledgeable. So that's a, that's a plus as well. Oh, yeah. Um, like uh, Marty, for instance, you ever need a graphic designer? You got one right there. Oh, uh, yeah. She's amazing too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have nothing big enough for it to be on, but, yeah, like I told you. Oh, here. She made this for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, she, uh. She did that while she was going to school. She was still in okay. school when she made that. But hey, real quick, though, I got this. This is that movie I was talking about. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, school is definitely um, a good resource. And, you know, and like you said, uh, it gave you opportunity to, because don't they help you get a job before you even leave? Absolutely. They, uh, they uh, do, of course, they do exit interviews to kind of get you ready to, uh, uh, you know, what interviewing is like. But also some of those exit interviews, those employers are actually really looking for people to hire. So that that uh, that helps you. And then also um, we uh, at NOSI, there's a uh, there's like a, I wouldn't say a career center. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the lady's name is there. But uh, if you're looking for a job in your career field, they will uh, search out and find all the uh, people that are hiring the type of specific job that you're looking for, and then be able to ship them to or shoot you an email with all those listings in there to help you out uh, in your job search. Oh yeah. So um, I'm gonna also I'm thinking I'm gonna include that in there the NOSI's website in the link of the or the description of the podcast because mm-hmm. you know that's definitely a great school to check out. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure you can vouch for that school. How, oh, yeah. how about, by how long have you been out of school? Was it about seven years or less yeah, than that? Uh, I graduated in um, 2016. Oh, yeah. So, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that's the only thing. I've never went to school for nothing because I never know what I want to do. <laughs> I can't decide what I want to do. And plus, you know, a full-time job, man, that makes it really tough. And I got two kids and I'm married. So, yeah, I think, you know, it could be done for sure, but college is definitely a a straight out of high school type thing. It's probably best that I recommend anybody that's going to go to college. Don't get discouraged not to go, but if you're, uh, you know, just getting out of high school, I would recommend just go ahead and get it done. (laughs) Get it over with. Get it over with, knock it out, because that's when you're younger, you're going to have the most amount of time to be able to do that type of stuff, too. Oh, so. yeah. Um, but, uh, so, uh, I think, did we talk about, uh, your upcoming projects that you can talk about, or? Um, yeah, so, uh, upcoming projects. We got, uh, of course, we got some more music videos with Jelly. We're always shooting a lot of music videos. Uh, we recently done a pretty cool project that, um, I'm hoping that gets picked up. Uh, there's a uh, freelance, I mean, not a freelance, a free agent 
a football player that uh, we recently linked in with, and we're creating this um, like a golf blog. And um, uh, on the first episode, it was uh, I'm sure I can say his name. He's a cool guy, Will uh, Compton and Jelly Roll, and they were out uh, playing golf together and just kind of talking about both of their careers and talking about their lives and and stuff like that. So it was it was of course about a little bit about golf, but a lot about um, what they got going on and inspiration and motivation that keeps them guys going and keeps them trying to reach that next level in their careers, which is really awesome and inspiring to hear because some of that stuff that both of them guys heard, and I've known Jelly for a while, but there's some of the stuff that he was saying I've never heard him say before. So it, was, it felt refreshing to know that, you know, he's is where he is, but also he still has a level where he wants to go even higher. And also there's things that still in his career, uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't use the term fear, but still uh, worry him on a certain level. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was, uh, and and it was just great to hear some of those things and hear some of those things that the reasons why he keeps going and, and the reasons why uh, he's at where he's at now. Well, yeah. Uh, right. That sounds like it's gonna be good. Do you have a release date when that's gonna drop or whatever? Uh, we actually don't have a release date on that one. Um. I'm sure we'll have a release date here soon, uh, but it's like a it's like a 20 minute um, video podcast, or not even a podcast. Well, it's just like a 20 minute show, I would say. Um, but it's it's kind of in the format of a podcast, the way they have Q and As and stuff like that on there. Uh, but also, they're playing golf and having a good time too. Cause they both love golf. Jelly's a great golfer. Yeah, I, that's something. Well, I seen uh, when I was uh, was it scrolling through. Her uh, Patreon, I saw the picture of Jelly in a golf cart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that that made me thankful because uh, when he was on uh, the Ernest show, he was talking about how he uh, pissed off a bunch of uh, road crew because he rode down the road in a golf cart and messed up the road that they just paved. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> did you did you see it? I didn't see the road, but I know the road he's talking about. And, uh and the neighborhood as well that he lives in now, and I'm sure that they were not happy about it. <laughs> oh man, that would suck, man. And too, he was in a he was in the golf cart when he did it, right? Yeah, he was in the golf cart. He said they were yelling at him the whole time, and he didn't really hear them because he was kind of listening to some tunes. Um, but yeah, it was that's really funny because his road is not very big at, at all either. So I'm sure as soon as he got on the road, wherever he rode on the side, the middle, the left, left or right. I'm sure the tracks were pretty deep in the in the cement. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, uh, I would uh, I would probably be pretty angry too, but but um yeah uh, man. Well, I know one thing we got was talking about we was talking about aliens before we got cut off and uh, mm -hmm. um have you uh, saw any have you ever experienced anything like that like saw a UFO or anything. I don't think I've ever seen a UFO. Um, yeah, I would say I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a UFO. But at the same time, I think that if we we are privy to see a UFO, we're probably not going to really know exactly what it is at the time. Yeah, we might think it's like a military thing or whatnot. But I did. I'm glad we brought this back up because I was looking at some some footage earlier that I was like, oh, we got to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. So I was watching. I watched a clip on YouTube from uh, CNN and uh, this uh, retired um, uh, Navy um, command chief. He was talking about how uh, that 
when he was on his ship, how they used to just see UFOs all the time. And he got privy to see the Tic Tac, you know, the Tic Tac video? Yeah. And he said the technology behind that spacecraft for that Tic Tac video, just observing it from a distance of how they were observing it, it's an easy 100 to 1,000 years more advanced than any technology that we've even thought of. That blows my mind when I think about that. And that's also kind of scary. Yeah, definitely. Because they, yeah. they always say, they've been saying that there's no uh, sign of any kind of like, you know, if it's using jet or anything like that. There's, yeah. And they say that we can't, we would never be able to wrap our minds around the technology they're using. It's that mm-hmm. far advanced. And I'm just, it, it makes my mind want to melt just thinking about it. Like, what the fuck? What are they doing? What did they, you know? It's, mm-hmm. But, Hell, even maybe we're just our our minds are just too dumb to to, uh, to know, and they're just that smart or something. I don't know, but but have you ever heard of the theory uh, that uh, when people see the Bigfoot, usually you can see a UFO around or something no. like that. They usually go they go hand in hand, or mm-hmm. when you see a Bigfoot, you're seeing into an alternate universe or a reality. Whoa. I didn't think about that. Because that's why they're so uh, elusive or whatever, is because you're really seeing into another dimension. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of break through then or something, which I've never witnessed nothing like this. But, um, yeah. But I just posted a go, kind of going to the alien looking, well, maybe not alien. Uh, I'll show you uh, right here. I can send it to you so you can see it better. But, okay. uh, I'm going to show it to you. I'll send it to you on. Uh, I'll send, just send it to you. But I'll show the camera. Well, I'm showing the other camera. What is that? I have no clue. Someone on TikTok posted this. It's some kind of fish or I don't know, but. Whoa. Oops looks absolutely terrifying and it's see-through yeah and you don't see any kind of organs or a heart or anything that would you know why it's alive and the head looks like almost like a dinosaur yeah i was gonna say yeah that or like a like a lizard head yeah yeah man you know that's you know I'm from the south, and, you know, a lot of southern people, we like to swim in lakes and rivers. That's exactly why I don't, even though that's probably an ocean dweller. But uh, I don't know. My, my latest picture, I think the last picture I posted, I hadn't posted in a while, is a picture of dude from River Monsters holding that big-ass fish with teeth. Here, I'll show you. Let's see. I'll just hold it up to the camera so you can see. So, I don't know. I'll post it two different ones, but... uh this yeah yeah i was just looking at that that thing is huge yeah what in the fuck yeah it's probably something over in like uh the asia asia or something in their rivers yeah man what do you do if that if that bites into you while you're out on the river i mean you're done oh yeah if you know if it bites you and lets you go you might be able to live but you know that thing as big as it is that probably pull you under Oh, easy. I mean, I don't know if it's like the the camera angle that how he took the picture, but like 
this fish looks bigger, big as big as this guy. Like it looks like he could his head could fit in there in in his mouth. Yeah, that's like we go rent pontoons, you know, uh, during the summer sometimes here on Tim's Ford Lake. Mm-hmm. I just drive the boat. I don't get in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i enjoy just being out on the water listening to some good music and you know having mm-hmm. some friends with the with us and just talking and having a good time letting the kids swim and uh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i don't need to swim I don't <laughs> blame swim- you. <laughs> my mother-in-law has a in-ground swimming pool so uh i'll just go to her house and we just got it we're actually going there tomorrow it uh we just got it cleaned up and we're going to be swimming tomorrow and most nice. of the time, there ain't no creatures in that water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably the safest way to do it. I mean, if when I, whenever I go to the ocean, I only get in the water as deep as I can see down to the bottom. After that, oh, yeah. I'm not going out that much further. Yeah. I'm definitely not doing no dark ocean water. It has to be like I can see the sand th- uh, through the water. And I'll mm-hmm. go to maybe possibly knee deep to ankle deep. And I do what I like to do is body surf. I just mm-hmm. catch a wave coming in, and I'll do that. But you yeah. won't see me swimming way far out there because there's that one wrestler. Um, he, uh, him, and his son were swimming, and his son mm-hmm. got back in, but he didn't, and he passed. Uh, he drowned because uh, the uh, the current took him out. Oh, man, yeah, that's rough. Even though I hear that what you, uh, I think his name was uh, Shad, or something like that. I can't remember his name, but uh, but they say you're supposed to swim uh, like diagonal to the the shore. Mm-hmm. So and that's the only way you're gonna get out of the current. You've got to oh, really? Out. Yeah. Does the swim diagonal to the thing, and you'll eventually get back if you're not out of shape. But yeah, so uh, I won't have that to worry about because I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not going that far <laughs> out. If I can't stand up, I'm not messing with it. Oh, I completely get it, man. I can do some survival swimming long enough for somebody to come and save me. Oh, Past yeah. that, I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a strong swimmer. I'm not your Olympic athlete or none of that. I'm not, you know, what I'm saying I try to do the same thing as you do. I, I get to probably my knee, maybe waist deep if the water is crystal clear. Oh yeah, there's one time when I was a kid and my parents took us to Panama City and we went to a, a thing called we got on one of those glass bottom boats and took mm-hmm. us out to a place called Shell Island. And, oh, man, the water was just crystal clear. So I was having a blast, and I was up there. I was standing up, and I was only about less than knee deep. But I started noticing something, you know, about five feet from me. And it kept getting closer, and I'm, I'm like, that ain't no fucking leaf because I'm looking around. There's palm trees around here. That ain't no leaf. And it kept getting closer to my foot, and I said, fuck this. <laughs> Got back on the damn uh, the, the, um, the beach. I said, I waited for about 10 minutes and I went back out there and didn't see it. And I was like, yeah, that little motherfucker ain't getting me. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, man, we we're shooting a, um, a music video with jelly. Uh, I think we talked about it in that Creek. Yeah. And uh, where Chad arms was his, uh, uh, the pastor's uh, basically a baptism scene. Yeah. And uh, we were getting close to, uh, to the end. And then a four foot snake came out of these rocks. And was swimming on top of the water. Negative. Oh. Nope. Not. Mm-mm. And I don't know why it is, even though snakes are little, and they're, most of the time all they're going to do is bite you once and be done. Mm-hmm. But it's just still terrifying to know, even if it's not a poisonous snake. Why do them things just look so damn creepy? 
Right. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah. And I don't understand the people that do that noodling. Noodling? Yeah, where they go and they'll be like, in, you know, it's probably waist-deep water, but they'll mm -hmm. be filling along the bank, and there's holes underneath there where catfish will burrow in there, but they'll uh -huh. fill in these holes and slide their hand, let the catfish bite onto their arm, and then that, that's how they catch the catfish. Oh, no, no, no. Well, you see some of these that's motherfuckers that have almost all their fingers bit off to where they, they, they put the hand in there with a snapping turtle. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That That's a thing? People do this? Yeah, they people mm -hmm. pay. People pay uh, other people to take them on, like, tours and stuff. Oh, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if Jelly would do it. You think he would? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt I'm, it. I'm sure. I'm sure he knows what it is. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, man, that shit, man. I would never. I wouldn't even be walking around in it, like unless I could see the bottom and stuff, and like kayaking. That ain't bad. But but yeah. Uh, but also that brings me up to something. I saw one of your pictures. You was in some waders. I guess you was in that uh, that scene in the creek scene. You was in some mm -hmm. camouflage waders. Was you nervous at all about falling down with that camera on? Because I don't think that camera was protected, was it? No, I wasn't protected, and it's definitely not waterproof. Uh, yeah, there was a couple times where I took a couple steps, and because you know when rocks, like big rocks at the bottom of like a creek, they get that like thick, thin layer of like slime on them, and they just become like ice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that frightened me a little bit carrying the camera and the tripod and walking over and, you know, what I'm saying I really felt like there was a one point that I was gonna fall and then my uh my grip my key grip he was also wearing those same Cabela uh, waders as well, and he actually did slip and fall in the water so his waders turned into a bucket of <laughs> that <laughs> would so suck. Much water in yeah, that would suck big time. Uh... I used to, I bought me a pair, a pair of waders when I was a kid, and there's this little swamp uh, across the road from my house, and I would go, but I didn't get the ones that had the boots built in. I just put some boots over them, but uh, it, it can be that felt for some reason that felt like it was more protection for me, so I could yeah. walk through stuff like that, mm -hmm. even though the slightest thing can rip them open. Yeah, but uh, I felt yeah. protected from that snake though, because it was really thick material, and that snake. It was four foot long, but the head of it was small. So I was like, I, I didn't feel like I had to like run out of the water, but I did definitely get out of there pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder what was it. I don't know how to tell these snakes apart, but uh, I don't know if it would have been a water moccasin or what. You That's know, what they kept saying that it was. And there's cotton, they're poison, a, right? Yeah, cotton. Was it a cot, is water moccasin the same as a cotton mouth? I think so. And they swim on top of the water like that. But they can't bite under the water, I don't think. So okay, if they were under the water, I don't think they would bite you. Uh -huh. But I don't know because, you know, of course, they open their mouth in the water. They're going to get a mouthful of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, they'd mm -hmm. probably just drown themselves. But another thing I, I don't like is spiders. Oh, me neither, dude. Me neither. Oh. At all. You see, I see these people where they'll be having them crawling on their head and their arm and their hands and stuff. And I'm like, I don't care if they don't bite you. I am not letting them crawl on me. I'm not going to, yeah. yeah, nope, nope, um, so, um, let's see. It traumatized me when I was in, when I was in high school, uh, this girl that I went to high school with, her name was Amy, and I remember she got bit by a brown recluse, Ooh. and, um, 
brown recluse, I guess something in her venom like eats away at your flesh. Yeah. So she had a hole in her back, and I bullshit you not, you could stick this much of your pinky in that in that hole in her back. Oh. That's how deep it was. Yeah. And I, I was like, that, I bet that was so sore. So sore, and she had a because the the venom starts to kill the skin around the bite, and that's what creates that hole. So when she went to the hospital, they had to take a a, a knife or like a you know the scalpel and cut all that dead skin out. So it made the hole. It went from the size of like the tip of my pinky to the size of a quarter, and that's how much skin they had to cut out. And then they had to do a skin graft to like feel the skin, feel that hole back in. It's rough seeing that. Yeah, that's that's why I'm not a big outdoorsman. Uh, I don't really do too much uh, going in the woods and stuff like that. But I'm usually pretty good about watching where I go and lean up on and all that good stuff. So, but yeah, me not being outdoorsman keep prevents me from getting bit with stuff like that because yeah, yeah. even the littlest thing. But damn, those spiders are fucking scary looking, and there's mm-hmm. some bugs like especially like if you get into like the the Amazon and stuff like that. Yeah, there's some like damn the mosquitoes down there are like the size of birds. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No one could pay me to go over there to like the Nile River. I, you couldn't pay me. And you get uh, what is that? What's that called? The mosquitoes carry over malaria. Yeah. Oh, Oof. that's bad right there. Man. Uh, I got you... bit by a tick once, and I was down for about fourteen days. And it's a tiny, tiny tick. A tick? Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, they got that. Was it can get you deer fever or something like yeah. that? Mm-hmm. That's what I had to it's close to Lyme disease, but yeah. it's, Lyme disease doesn't exist in Tennessee. But yeah, that deer fever or whatever, I, it put me down for 14 days. I was in the hospital. Holy shit. Hey, speaking of ticks, there's actually a horror movie called Ticks. It's like a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. And it has, uh, what's his name, uh, Alfonso, the guy from uh, Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah, Arthur. he's in it? Yeah, he's in it, and Seth Green. And uh, they're like troubled youth that go to like a, a, a cabin for like a retreat or some, something. And mm-hmm. uh, these ticks get mutated. And they get like the size of a damn poodle. It's like at one point this girl wow. turns around and there is this giant tick on her back. And it's just when they move around, it shakes and all the blood. And there was like, there, one guy was like, man, I feel kind of lightheaded. And he turn, That's when he turns around, I believe, and he says that tick is just about this big mm-hmm. on his back. And I was like, no wonder he just down put probably just drunk all your blood. Yeah, yeah. Woo. But yeah, that movie. I think it come out in like ninety three, ninety four, somewhere around in there. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's a pretty good movie. I really enjoyed that movie. But and then there's a, a arachnophobia. I think is what it was. Yeah. Spiders get very big, like the size of cars. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've seen yeah. that before. That make your skin crawl. Literally, yeah. But hey, uh, man, you ever seen a uh, you ever seen this thing called a wolf spider? Yeah, they're they're pretty small, ain't they? Yeah. So a wolf, a wolf spider is this crazy the craziest thing, bro. A wolf spider is this like spider. It looks like a normal spider. But on its back, on the on the uh, on the back of the spider is where it holds all its little baby spiders, and it can fit up to two hundred spiders on the back of it. So if you like disturb it, all these spiders go spreading everywhere. Yeah, but they will have little bitty tiny spiders on the back, 
you got to find a little video. You can, let me see if I can find a video for you. It's uh, terrifying, man, because you go from having one spider to 200 spiders in just one right second. Yeah, you can see all the babies on it. Oh, yeah, that, and they got venom too, I believe. Oh, here's a better mm -hmm. picture. You can see all the spiders on this, the, the back of it right here. Yes, yes, that's it. Oh, man, that was... Um, have you ever seen a camel spider? Oh, my God, yeah, man. I was in the military, and I went to Iraq. I went, I've been to Iraq twice. I've been to Afghanistan once. And, yeah, man, I've seen a camel spider. Those things are awful. They are so big. So my very first day on my very first deployment to Iraq, yeah, they're huge, man. My very my very first day in Iraq, uh, I get off the plane. We're going to uh, our little pods where we sleep at. And uh, we go over to the Air Force camp. I'm about 5'8". Right. Yeah. I'm not not super tall. This guy, he was about five eight that had this camel spider. He was holding it and his arm was bent like this at a ninety degree angle. Yeah. And he was holding he was holding the camel spider by two of the legs. And the <sighs> other legs were dragging the ground. That's how big it was. It was as big as a spare tire. So big, dog. And I was like I was like, uh, I might need to go back to America. <laughs> so Let's see. Um, I I read something about they're not poisonous. No, but, they're not. But if they do bite you, it can cause infection because uh, how the cleansing it, cleansing it, yeah, how dirty it is over there. Mm -hmm. So that's about the only thing. But uh, but they said that they will chase you. So they're not well. So they're not actually chasing you. So over there, it's real hot, right? And so what they do is they like to get in your shadow. And so when they're chasing you, they're really trying to get in your shadow. They're not actually chasing you. They're just trying to get cool down. And that's why they kind of, they, you know, they get underneath camels because camels provide a lot of sh uh, shade. So they get underneath them. But the, I mean, so essentially they kill camels because they get underneath the camel and they'll jump up on the belly of the camel and um, bite it and uh, bury itself inside the camel's body and then it will have its babies inside the camel and like eat the camel from inside out terrible there, there's actually someone made a, a, a movie about it's called camel spiders or something like that so they made a mm -hmm. horror movie which it's probably all digital because i'm sure you're not going to get an actor uh camel spider <laughs> oh yeah, you, yeah 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 I'm sure their brains are not equipped to where they can be trained. They're just out to be survived or survival. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and now also I heard that they scream too. Yeah, that they make this horrible noise. Horrible noise. It's terrifying. Dude, when, I was, when I was I'm deployed, chills, they have, um, about it. yeah, it's crazy, man. And they have these, um, also in Iraq, they have these things. Uh, they're like these big lizards. But uh, they're like huge. They're, their bodies are like this big around, and they run and scary on, and they're crazy. Well, the army guys, some of the army guys that I was deployed with, some of them just, you know, they're overseas for like 17, 18 months. They get so bored that they create a little ring and they make those spiders and the lizards fight each other. Holy shit! I bet that is wild. It's crazy, man. Crazy. <laughs> So nine times out of ten, who's the mo the wins the most, or is it about equal? 
I saw mo, may, uh, uh, most of the time that Camel Spider wins. What? So yeah, but you know, the craziest thing is you got to catch a Camel Spider to make it fight another one of them, and you got to catch one of them lizards. I wouldn't want to do either. So there's some crazy-ass motherfuckers that uh, are in the Army then, ain't they? Yeah, and I think they, part of it, well, I think I think some of it is just boredom over there for so long. You got you create your own entertainment. <laughs> so, if you was to go after, like, walk towards a camel spider, would it run from you? Uh, I don't know anybody that ever walked towards one, so I couldn't tell you <laughs> that. I'm not walking towards one. <laughs> You're probably running away from one, right? Quick, quick. And if I got a vehicle, I'm going to get out of there quicker. Have you ever witnessed anybody shoot them or shoot at them and stuff? I personally didn't, but you're actually not allowed to shoot at them uh, just because, you know, we have the Geneva Convention. So, like, the Geneva Convention states, you are not allowed to basically aim your weapon uh, and fire unless you are fired upon first. So, of course, you know, a camel spider can't really fire upon you. Uh, and it's not like a supernatural predator to humans. So you really are not allowed to shoot it. I'm sure there's guys out there. Because if, I mean, at the end of the day, if a spider like that one, that first one I saw, that's big as a spare tire, if that's coming at me, I'm unloading my clip. That's all. It's happening. I'll answer questions later. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's the same way with me. I I done got in trouble. Like, why in the hell was you shooting? Like, well, you see what's on the ground right there. Uh, It didn't get me. Right, right. I got it, it. and it went. <laughs> I will go wherever you know. I oh man, I could because you know I'm sure them things can get into your little bunks or whatever, right? Oh, they get into everything. Yeah, yeah. They're so, uh, they're horrible. Was you paranoid to wake up with one of them things crawling on you? Yeah, I was paranoid about them, uh, about scorpions as well. Just because does the scorpions get big or they fairly small? They're fairly small, but the small ones are the dangerous ones, you know, because the, uh, the small ones, you get you get stung by a small one, and they could kill you, paralyze you, make you real sick, all kinds of different things. So, um, oh. When I was in, uh, in uh, basic training, um, our, my uh, instructor, he had a scorpion in his boot, and he put his boot on, and it stung him immediately, and he was out of work for like a week. <sighs> So I guess they probably uh, definitely tell you to probably uh, check your boots every time, huh? Every time. And I'm the type of guy, I'm overly active when I check my boots. I was taking them, i dump them upside down, and then shake for like two minutes <laughs> before putting my hand in there, and then all of a sudden a surprise happened. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight, man. I think I just scared myself, even though I know <laughs> that there's nothing like that around here. But also I want to say, um, you know, you uh, served in the military. Appreciate you for everything you've done. Um, oh, thank you, man. Yeah, this is definitely uh, tomorrow is a day for you as well. So uh, to celebrate you and all the people that uh, served before us or before you and everything. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely can't. We wouldn't be able to do this without do what we're doing now without the people like you in the military because. Uh, I'm sure these crazy motherfuckers will come over here and try to take over. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. we ain't letting that shit happen. Oh, it ain't going down. <laughs> no, no, but I could not imagine being in the military right now with, you know, uh, how things are going. Uh, I don't want to get political, but um, 
Especially, I wouldn't want to be a police officer. Man, you know, even though things are kind of dying down right now, it mm. seems like. But uh, I wouldn't want to be that because I, I just want to mention this. There's good cops and there's bad cops. Right, right. So, Absolutely. And it, unfortunately for all those good cops, the bad cops are the ones getting you know, shown out there and everybody's going against them. So mm-hmm. I, hate, I hate that for them because most of the time, if you're in a situation, you're in your house, and someone breaks in, who's who are you gonna call? If you don't have a someone to come and, you know, uh, help things out, you're fucked. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I've got two cousins that are police officers. One of them, well, one of them, he's a FBI agent, and my other one, he's uh, my other cousin, she's a police officer. But yeah, I mean, I know the, the the troubles of their jobs and everything they go through. I appreciate them and. And all that stuff, and you know, me and we have conversations about different stuff like that. But yeah, it's like you, you need it at the end. Of, you need them at the end of the day. Oh, it's yeah, just unfortunate right. that we have some of them that are not good apples. They're bad apples. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that do yeah. dumb shit. But how how is it for them? You know, being a being a, a a black officer or whatever. You know, going through all of what happened in 2020. But I'm sure it was pretty hard for them, right? as well oh yeah i mean it definitely because i think everybody was kind of on edge because you know once things like that happen like well you know uh let's just take it back to 2001 when 9-11 happened yeah. like look at all the the uh arabic american people that people just kind of treated like shit and they had nothing to do with it they've been living in the united states forever so it's like once something happens with a certain group of people a lot of other people just to point the finger and say, all of you did it, but it's not the case at all. You know that, you know? So I think think that was a a struggle that they had because they, in their hearts, they want to be good officers. They want to be, they want to protect people, help people out. But you know, it's just when there's a lot of other people doing things wrong and and not being in the right, then it makes, it just makes their job a little more difficult. Oh yeah. But it didn't from not wanting to have that job. Oh yeah. Uh, another thing that I think that would affect it maybe is them trying to protect their fellow officers that might be, you know, white or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Would they get hate for that? You know, um, if it, things went down. I haven't really speak, spoke with them about that, but uh, I mean, I bet there's some kind of some level of, of something that would discourage them or whatnot. You know, this, I think anytime, anytime you, uh, I have to go out and, you know, probably put your vest on. And I felt like that when I was in the military. It's just like there's always a level of, of uncertainty. Because my main job when I was the, when I was in the Air Force and I deployed a lot, uh, um, one of the missions we had was a peacekeeping mission. So we would go to all the little villages and we'd deliver school supplies, food, water, clothes, stuff like that. And we were treated well and we were accepted because of the mission that we had. But also there was something in the back of my mind is like, there might be somebody that just doesn't like us because we are American. And, yeah. and I understand that because the things they might've seen, but you know, it's just, uh, that, that sort of thing happens. And it's, it's frustrating because you want to do good, but then there's also, you kind of understand because we, we, we are there in, in their space and like doing different things, you know? Yeah. Um, that's one thing I try to do. You know, I don't go, I don't do it a lot, but I, if I see a cop somewhere or something and just, you know, I'll thank them for what they do and everything. Cause I'm, I'm sure definitely right now they, well, I thought, like I said, it's dying down now, but, but last year, I'm sure them kind of words is probably encouraging to them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
we'll get off that because you know that's kind of political and you know we don't want to we want to get do uh think good things but uh but yeah um it's memorial day weekend when we're recording this and uh just want to say thank you to all the the veterans and active military hell i'm even going to include firefighters and the cops in that because hell they mm. you know they're like the our army on our shores or whatever right so right Absolutely. they protect us so thank everybody for that but uh yeah i think uh ran out of questions and uh you don't just you know talked about what you got going on you want to plug social media and all that yeah um um, if you got, if anyone wants to follow me and check out what I got going on, uh, my Instagram, I try to keep that updated as much as I can, uh, especially when we have some cool stuff, cool video shoots going on. My Instagram is the underscore definition, and it's kind of just a, a play on words. So like uh, a lot of people that know me, that work with me, my nickname is Def. Everybody calls me Def, D-E-F. And basically definition, uh, uh, my, company's high, uh, my company's high def imaging. So a lot of people just, you know, shorten it and call me high def or call me Def. And also, that's a play on words because my last name is Webster, so it kind of all works out <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, if anyone wants to check me on uh, on Instagram, it's the underscore definition. Uh, if they want to find me on Facebook, uh, Stephen Webster. Uh, I do have a TikTok, but I have not uploaded any content, so maybe we can circle back around when I figure out what where I, what lane I'm going to go in on on the TikTok uh, uh, level. Although uh, since uh, I've been working with Jelly. Jelly has started TikTok, and a couple other people have been on TikTok. And I've been featured on their TikToks, and some of their stuff has got like 4 million, 5 million views. So I feel like I probably need to start a TikTok so they can tag me and I can get some of those followers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You probably will definitely get some. Uh, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I got a TikTok where I did a my original character. I don't know if you've uh, seen it or not on my, my Facebook or Instagram. What's your name on TikTok? I'm going to follow you on there right now. I just recently changed it uh, because I changed the name, but it's, uh, let's see, THN Studios. THN Studios. Got you right here. But the the videos that you see right there, it's my original character named Rafe. Uh, it's Fear spelled backwards. Yeah. Yeah, I, that mask is originally bald, but I went and bought a, a black mullet wig. And glued mm -hmm. it to it, and uh, <laughs> I created. Yeah, he's the bastard son of Satan and a trailer park whore named Sheila. <laughs> and she, and she is in prison because she tried to uh, kill my uh, kill his stepdad for uh, insurance money. Okay. <laughs> so my uh, so so Brave's Peepaw and uh, Meemaw raised him in the trailer park, Sunnydale okay. Sunnydale trailer park. Sunnydale uh, Trailer Park. So I, I walked around the. Uh, did you do you ever do you ever hear of the Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Festival? I haven't. Uh huh. Well, it's a, a horror and tattoo festival that happens every year in Nashville. Um, but uh, I walked around like that at that mm -hmm. festival. So I didn't re originally have that jacket on in there, but the night before I left to go to Nashville for that, I went to Walmart mm -hmm. and they had a blue jean jacket. For three dollars on clearance. Wow! I bought four of them. I got my whole family a a, a jacket. Because <laughs> hell, <laughs> you can't beat three dollars for a denim jacket. No, you can't. 
I just bought one and I wish it was three dollars. It was a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I jumped on it and they had a perfect size for me. So now I ironed a bunch of patches on it and he's uh he's into like old school heavy metal like some uh, Pantera and stuff like that. So, uh, mm-hmm. but then um yeah, my buddy that uh, owns a, a special effects company. If you ever need a mask or anything made for one of your projects, hit up uh, Vaughn Grimm Productions. He makes uh, masks and stuff. Let me write that follow, down real quick. You, you can follow him on Instagram, too. But uh, he made that mask for me. Uh, uh, say that name again. Vaughn Grimm, like V-O-N-G-R-I-M-M Productions. Vaughn Grimm Productions. Should be Matt Scott. It'll pop up, too. That's his name. But Matt yeah, Scott. Yeah, he uh he makes awesome masks and stuff. Like if you ever decide to shoot like a, a thriller horror or whatever, or know anybody that needs masks, he's perfect guy to hit you know, you tell him your idea, he can create you a mask. That's what he did with that one. I wanted a, a mask that was the like it was gonna be the son of this uh devil. And mm. uh, uh and then I took the ears. You remember the movie Little Monsters back in the day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ears like that. Uh, uh, I can't remember that kid dude's name, but uh, uh, what the fuck was his name? The dude that plays the voice for Bobby's World, oh. Howard. Howard. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but anyways, uh, Alex Howard Mandel. Okay, He's, yeah, Howard. Mandel. Yeah, he he played uh, the character, but the ears mimicked him, and it has a bat nose, which mm-hmm. you can see in the picture, but uh. And the funny thing is, you know, I kind of reference, instead of saying GD, I'll be like, uh, Grandpa Damn, because I, I say that God is my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Since, okay. since, <laughs> and then Jesus Jesus is my uncle. Jesus is your uncle. That's a really good math, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to get them to uh, kind of touch up on paint and stuff, because it's been through some pretty roughness, uh, beat up and stuff. But, yeah, man, uh I try to do that character every now and then, but it's hard because I got to paint uh, black around my eyes and my mouth. Mm-hmm. It just takes a lot of time to set it up, but I tried to record a bunch of, I use a lot of country songs because he's, oh, yeah. uh, he also listens, of course, he's from the South, so he listens to a lot of 90s country. So okay. that that's another thing, man. Country music is not the same. Uh, my favorite yeah. artist is Garth Brooks. Okay. So that's that's before we get off here. That's on that's on my bucket list is to see him live one time. But man, he's yeah. uh, he's harder to get tickets than Jelly Roll. <laughs> yeah. You, he, he, tickets go on sale. They uh-huh. gone in minutes. They gone real quick. Yeah. And then you could find them, but they're gonna be like three or four hundred dollars for a, a seat behind the beam at damn Bridgestone Arena. You oh pay yeah. About three hundred bucks. And you're gonna be sitting up so high in the ceiling that you might get a nosebleed. <laughs> oh yeah, so you're gonna have to bring some binoculars or something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that that's definitely something I want to see. But yeah, um, well, uh, thanks for uh, doing this, man, and uh, y'all, thanks for watching. Tennessee, <laughs> Horror News, Agents of Demon Boot, Murder, Death, and Porno Ghost, Belgium Game, has a show. Bigfoot, Sasquatch.